0: Welcome to this new episode of the Dare to Hope podcast. I'm your host, Keith Hinton. Joanne and I were at an extended family gathering recently. There was a lot of good food, of course. Sitting at my table were a couple of seasoned cooks, one mature in age, the other considerably younger. As they discussed some of the things they had contributed to the meal, they got to talking about recipes and following directions. Finally, one of them said, and the other agreed, "'You can't just follow directions. You have to watch it. It's done when it's done, not when the directions say it will be done.'" Now, for me, that's a little discouraging. I'm not a cook, and if I prepare something in the kitchen, I have to follow the directions. My assumption is that if I do exactly what the recipe calls for, whatever it is will turn out the way it should. But that's not always the way it works, is it? And it's just one more reason we hear people say there really are no guarantees in life. Well, in our spiritual life, the same is true. Though we can know our sins are forgiven and we are on our way to heaven someday, the rest of life offers few real guarantees. In fact, most of life is lived in what I've called once in a while the maybe zone. You know, maybe or maybe not. We might or we might not. Or as my parents used to say, we'll see, which was usually their way of saying maybe but probably not. Perhaps the author of Hebrews was thinking about the uncertainties of life when he wrote in chapter 11 at verse 1, Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for. The conviction of things not seen. The focus of today's message is maybe faith. Let's listen. Several years ago, in a small group of people uh, who got together to study, I was, um, we were reading the book by Erwin Ir- McManus called Chasing Daylight. Maybe you've read it. It's based on the life of Jonathan in the Old Testament. Um, He was King Saul's son. You remember King Saul, the first king of Israel? One day, as we were reading what McManus had written about verse 6 of the passage of Scripture, we're going to read in a moment, I found myself impressed with the idea of uncertainty. Uncertainty. The fact is, most of us would prefer to live in a world of guarantees, wouldn't we? We like guarantees. When we purchase durable goods of one kind or another, we like the idea that we might be able to bring it back if it doesn't work. We also like the idea that we might be able to get it fixed if it breaks. And that's why retailers make so much money selling us those extended warranties. Because they know we like guarantees. We all would like to know if we take certain steps that we're going to actually have a guarantee of a certain outcome. But life doesn't work that way, does it? I read about an old man who had been fairly rich in this world's goods. He was living in declining health and finally decided it was time for him to do something about his eternal destiny. So he went to see the pastor. He asked what he needed to do to make up for the fact that he had never given much time to God, nor had he given any money to the church. The pastor didn't say anything, but the old man looking at his face kind of thought he must be thinking something. And so the, the, the uh, the old man finally said, well, well, he said, here's what I think you're thinking. You're thinking it's about time I get around to this, right? Yeah. So, feeling conviction, the rich man said, Okay, how about if I give every cent I've got to the church? Will that do it? Will that guarantee I will go to heaven when I die? If I give my entire fortune to you? There was this long pause. And then the pastor said, Well, it's worth a try. Now, I I assume the pastor finally got around to telling that gentleman that the only way to get to heaven is through Jesus Christ, who said, I am the way, the truth, the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. Jesus is our guarantee of heaven. And we may know, we can have assurance that our sins are forgiven. We're on our way to heaven. The fact is, however, after that, most of our life is filled with uncertainty. Yet, when it comes to God's will, we often are afraid to act until we have some guarantee of success. And usually, that doesn't happen. In 1 Samuel 14, Jonathan uh, seems unsure of what God really wants him to do. Yet, he makes a decision that could have seemed foolish to some and, in fact, could have cost him his life. And he made such a decision without any guarantee that God would deliver him. We're going to look at 1 Samuel chapter 14. 1 Samuel chapter 14. We're going to begin reading at verse 6. Let's go across to the outpost of those pagans, Jonathan said to his armor bearer. Perhaps the Lord will help us. For nothing can hinder the Lord. He can win a battle, whether he has many warriors or only a few. Do what you think is best, the armor-bearer replied. I'm with you completely, whatever you decide. All right, then, Jonathan told him, we will cross over and let them see us. And if they say to us, stay where you are or we'll kill you, then we will stop and not go up to them. But if they say, come on up and fight... Then we will go up. That will be the Lord's sign that he will help us defeat them. So when the Philistines saw them coming, they shouted, Look, the Hebrews are crawling out of their holes. Then the men from the outposts shouted to Jonathan, Come on up here and we'll teach you a lesson. Come on, climb right behind me, Jonathan said to his armor bearer, for the Lord will help us defeat them. So they climbed up using both hands and feet, and the Philistines fell before Jonathan and his armor-bearer killed those who came behind them. They killed some 20 men in all, and their bodies were scattered over about half an acre. Quite a little story. Most of us probably miss that story as we read through those uh, books of the the Old Testament. I want you to notice with me particularly verse 6. Let's go across to the outpost of those pagans, Jonathan said to his armor-bearer. Perhaps the Lord will help us, for nothing can hinder the Lord. He can win a battle, whether he has many warriors or only a few. Look, listen, look at those astonishing words. Did you hear it? Perhaps the Lord will help us. Here's what he's saying to his armor-bearer. He's saying, uh, there are approximately 250 well-armed Philistines out there, and there are only two of us, and we only have one sword between us. So let's go pick a fight. That's what he's saying. And, and he adds, and who knows, maybe God will even help us. Hear it? Maybe God will even help us. He says, perhaps the Lord will. Maybe. Are you kidding me? Maybe the Lord will help us. I don't I don't know about you, but I would like to know that the odds are a little more in my favor before I decided I was going to jump on that bandwagon. And yet, most of us will reserve the right to even decline the invitation when we think the odds are in our favor. Maybe, maybe, I want to talk about maybe faith. Maybe faith. Here's the first thing I want you to know about maybe faith. Maybe faith is uncertain of God's will. Just doesn't know. We can't always know for sure what the Lord wants in a given situation. In fact, there are some times we may be sure, most of the time we don't have much of any idea. It's just maybe. Now, some might want you to think that if you don't, no God's will for sure, then you probably don't have enough faith. But the opposite is true. Listen to this. You don't really have faith or even need it if you don't also have some measure of uncertainty. Listen to Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1, the faith chapter. It says, faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. What? Hoped for, not seen. Those are words of uncertainty. Faith is the assurance. Faith is what makes us know for sure, even if it's just hoped for, even if it's just not seen yet. Most of the time, we are just unsure, unclear about the right step that we are to take in a given situation. Sometimes all we have, listen, all we have is a sense, a feeling That something is right, but we don't have anything concrete. We don't really know for sure. Here's the truth. If you wait to make a decision or to take some action until everything is crystal clear, then it's likely you won't make a decision. Or if you do make the decision, it'll be too late and the opportunity will have already passed. More often than not, we have to make decisions based on maybe faith. Maybe faith. And how can we do that? Well, we can do it because of point number two here. Maybe faith is certain about God. It is certain about God. God is the constant we can count on. God is completely reliable. God never fails to keep his word. King Asa, in Second Chronicles, knew that about God, when one day, in the face of battle, he said, Lord, there is no one like you to help the powerless against the mighty. Help us, O Lord our God, for we, we rely on you, and in your name we have come up against this vast army. And what was he really saying? He was saying, we can be certain about God. We can be certain about God. Can you say that with me? Let's say it all all together. We can be certain certain about about God. God. One more time. We can be Be certain about Years before Jonathan was even born, Joshua reminded his Israeli warriors, one of you routes a thousand because the Lord your God fights for you just as he promised. What was he implying? Say it together. We can be certain about God. Centuries later, the Apostle Paul was writing to the New Testament church at Rome. He said, what then shall we say in response to this? If God is for us, who can be against us? Or, ready? We can be certain about... That's what he was saying. He was saying what? We can be certain about God. Well, Jonathan knew that God was reliable. He says to his armor bearer, nothing can hinder the Lord. He can win a battle whether he has many warriors or only a few. Jonathan was also aware of God's covenant to give this land to Israel. He had not forgotten the promise of God years before when Samuel said to the people, Determine to obey only the Lord, then he will rescue you from the Philistines. Jonathan was certain about God and certain that God would keep his covenant. However, listen, there was no guarantee that Jonathan and his armor bearer would actually survive to see that promise fulfilled. Jonathan knew that God was able, but he really didn't know if God would deliver him personally in this situation. He was uncertain about the immediate outcome, but he was certain about God. All he knew was that it was the right thing to do for Israel to confront the Philistines. He had no idea how God intended to give Israel the victory. Listen, sometimes... All we have to act on is what we know is right in the sight of God. No real feeling, no real direction. We just know what's right. We can't know how it will impact our personal lives or if the outcome will be favorable for us personally, but we know what's right. In fact, often... We have to make a decision based on what we know we can't do because it isn't right. Even though the circumstances around us may be shouting, screaming, you need to do this because it's the prudent thing to do. It's what needs to happen. But we know we can't do it because it isn't right. I think of Daniel in that regard. Just before he was cast into the lion's den, You know, jealous commissioners had uh, that served King Darius had convinced the king that he needed to, to, to declare for about 30 days that anyone making a petition to any god or to any other person besides the king would be cast into the lion's den. So circumstances here suggested, actually demanded, that the common sense thing for Daniel to do would be to quit praying For 30 days. Or at least... To pray in secret... Where nobody could hear him or see him... For those 30 days. But he knew that wouldn't be right. Wasn't right. So without any assurance... That God would keep him... Or spare him from that lion's den... Daniel opened up the windows... Of his home toward Jerusalem... And it says... Continued kneeling on his knees three times a day praying and giving thanks before his God as he had been doing previously. Why did he do that? You know, was it the smart thing? Was it the safe thing to do? No. But it was the right thing to do. And all Daniel had to go on was maybe faith, but he based his decision on what was right not what was sensible or safe. Now, God did spare him in the lion's den. Notice it was in the lion's den, not from the lion's den. But Daniel didn't know how things would end up when he made his decision to keep praying because it was right. Now, I'm not saying we need to ignore common sense all the time, but I am saying That sometimes common sense can get in the way of the right decision. More often than not, all we have is maybe faith. But I want to remind you that we're placing that maybe faith in an absolutely reliable God. Amen? You can say amen to that, sure. And that brings us to this. Maybe faith is content with God's actions. Verses 9 and 10 there we read earlier. If they say to us, stay where you are or we'll kill you, then we'll stop and not go up. But if they say, come on up and fight, then we will go up. That will be the Lord's sign that he will help us defeat them. Now, I confess I'm speculating a little bit here, but it seems to me that either way this went. Jonathan and his armor bearer were going to do battle. Either way. because I was thinking through this. I'm thinking... You know They're going to step out into the open so the Philistines can actually see them. Those Philistine soldiers will see them. That, oh, yeah, they're crawling out of their holes. There is no way those soldiers were going to let them escape back into their hiding places. When they saw them, it meant there was going to be a battle. As I see it then, for Jonathan to step out into the open meant he was trusting God whatever God decided to do. If the soldiers said, stop, stay right there, it probably meant they would have to fight without the assurance of God's victory and they would probably be killed. They would certainly perish. If they said, come on up here, that would be the sign the Lord is going to help us defeat them. So Jonathan was saying, either way, we're going to have to trust God. Don't know which way it's going to go. Most Christians today don't operate that way. We think our faith should always bring about the outcome we desire in any given situation. And if God doesn't do what we want or think we need, then we're not content. In fact, we blame God. We start to entertain the thought that God isn't as reliable as we hoped he was. Listen, God has not promised that he will always do what we want him to do for us personally. He hasn't promised that. And faith, listen, isn't twisting God's arm hard enough to get him to change his mind. Faith is trusting God to do what will ultimately fulfill his kingdom agenda. And faith is being satisfied with whatever role God intended us to play in that plan. That's faith. Faith is content with God's actions, whichever way it goes. One last thing. Maybe faith is willing to take the risk. Verses 13, 14. You know, they got the word. They felt like they had the sign from God. God so they climbed up. Did you notice it wasn't an easy climb? They had to use their hands and their feet. It it takes the time to tell us they used both their hands and their feet just to get up there. They decided they were going to take the risk. There was no guarantee of personal success or survival, but they took the risk. For most important decisions we make in our lives, there's going to be risk. And it is always possible that we're going to fail. But without the risk, there can be no miraculous success either. You have to take the risk. Something else we need to remember, just because it's the right decision doesn't mean it will not take a great deal of effort on our part to bring about the success that God may give. We're going to have to enter into it. You know, when we read this story, we tend to think, maybe that's just me, but I think a lot of people tend to think that Jonathan and his armor-bearer killed those 20 men at that outpost, came through unscathed, not even out of breath. (sighs) I don't think that's the way it was. Rather than a Superman-style battle, it would have been closer to a Bruce Willis victory, in his diehard movies, you know, he comes out looking terrible when it's all over. So I expect Jonathan and his armor bearer had bleeding wounds, scrapes, scratches, were exhausted when it was all over. But they won. To have the miraculous victories, we may have to take some unreasonable risks giving our best efforts to the battle with no guarantee of personal success or survival. In that book I mentioned earlier, Chasing Daylight, McManus makes this observation. You cannot fail without risking. Isn't that true? You're pretty safe if you don't take any risk. You cannot fail without risking. If you've never failed, he says, it might just be possible that you have never risked. You've never really done it. I want to ask you this morning. What risk may God be actually asking you to take in your life right now? It might be in a relationship. It could be a change in your educational path. The decision may have to do with finances or priorities. Perhaps it's time to make a career move and you're not sure you're actually ready for it. God may be directing you to participate in or even start a ministry for which you don't feel qualified. I don't know what it is. What risk is God asking you to take right now? Whatever it is, there are no guarantees. You'll have to risk failure, which is why it is always easier to stay where you are enjoying your comfort zone. Amen? Isn't that what we tend to want to do? We're comfortable, even in a bad situation sometimes, we're more comfortable in that than the unknown that we'd have to take a risk at. I want you to remember something my friend Steve Wingfield said recently. He said, great things never come from Comfort zones. Grab me. Great things never come from comfort zones. Or put it another way, nothing great ever came from the comfort zone. What risk is God asking you to take today? It'll get you out of your comfort zone. Here's the bottom line when it comes to faith. Real faith It's what moves you to action when all you've got for sure is a maybe. That's faith. It moves you to action when all you've got for sure is a maybe. What risk is God asking you to take in these days? Living in the maybe zone isn't easy. And sometimes we can't see God's hand at work until we take the first step toward what we think He wants us to do. And in such situations, I challenge you to trust Him to be God, even in your maybe zone. That actually is the essence of true faith. Taking action To follow God's plan, even though all you have for sure is a maybe. It means a lot to me that you joined us today for this podcast. So visit us on the web at daretohope.life or at our Dare to Hope Ministries Facebook page. You may send email to hope at daretohope.life. Remember, because God is God... Even in the maybe zone, we can still dare to hope.